Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nashville Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, this is going to be a good one today. Scott Cantrell is with us. He is with Smart Solutions Media. Scott, welcome. Glad to be here, John. Thank you for the invitation. Hey, thanks for coming on and uh, taking the time to be with us. Uh, Let's talk about you and Smart Solutions Media. How are you serving folks out there? Yeah, thank you, John. Um, You know, I started in business in, um, well, when I was very young, just out of school as a freelance marketing consultant, working with all types of businesses across industry, helping them grow. And um, that's what Smart Solutions Media is all about. Uh, specifically, we work with professional service firms or professional service individuals. I like to say that anybody who has expertise, knowledge, a skill set that they are trying to share to positively impact either other individuals or other businesses, that's someone that uh, I can have a, a good conversation with. So working with those individuals and those organizations to help them become more of the positioned authority in their marketplace or their marketplaces so that when someone thinks about what they do or the value they provide, they think about them specifically. And that's sort of the essence of what I provide, helping those uh, organizations become more authoritative in their marketplace. That's what Smart Solutions Media is all about. Sounds like great work. Uh, Talk a little bit about, give maybe a sense of your background and and how you, uh, what your journey is and, and how you got into this field. Yeah, glad to. Well, just like everybody, uh, everybody has a different path, a different journey that they follow, right? Um, and I'm sure mine is, is different than everyone else's, although similar in other ways. Uh, I mentioned right out of school, I was doing a lot of uh, professional marketing consulting, freelance consulting, did a lot of professional speaking, still do, um, when the opportunity presents itself. And in 2009, I co-founded a firm called Bottom Line Solutions with a business partner, And that business was a consulting advisory firm focused on working with employee benefit advisors in the insurance space. These are the brokers and the consultants and advisors who help companies, large and small, uh, purchase insurance for healthcare insurance for the benefit of their employees. And um, at the time, in particular at the time, that business was incredibly commoditized. Um, and you may remember, you know, 2010 was the, the time of the Affordable Care Act and the ACA. And so there was a lot of uncertainty and chaos in that space in terms of what that that law meant for those advisors. Were they going to have a career, you know, the next day? What was the longevity going to be? And our view, my and my partner's view at the time was this is a huge opportunity for a transactional broker to truly become a transformational advisor and consultant. So we developed a a model and a process and a system to help someone who otherwise was just helping a company buy something truly become an advisor and play a meaningful role as a consultant that was helping that company and those company leaders achieve meaningful strategic objectives. The the thing that they happened to do, the mechanism they happened to utilize to help them achieve those objectives was in part, not in total, but in part brokering the insurance. And so, but, but reframing uh, a commoditized service into a meaningful consultative offering 
was really what we brought to the marketplace. And we had a lot of success with that business, uh, grew that business into the multimillion dollar level over 10 years, uh, serving, you know, organizations and firms all across the country, having the privilege of, of speaking all over the country, as well as working with some large enterprise organizations along the way too. And um, at the, you know, probably in 18, 19, as much fun as I was having uh, at that company and as valuable as the relationships were, as fulfilling as they were, it was time for me to to kind of go back and do my own thing again and, and be the captain of the ship. So I decided to exit at the end of 2019 and start Smart Solutions Media, which is basically a culmination of everything that I was doing prior to starting Bottom Line Solutions, but then aggregating everything that I learned and that we developed from Bottom Line Solutions and bringing that to bear across industry, not just in the employee benefit insurance space, but across industry. Of course, when I exited in 2019, um, little did I know what uh, 2020 had in store for the planet. Um, nevertheless, 2020 and, and um, through 2021 have been you know very prosperous years for the company. The nature of what I do allows me to work with clients uh, literally around the country and around the world remotely if, and effectively. And people, um, I think the people that I serve are rightfully looking for ways to differentiate themselves in their respective marketplaces. Uh, it's very, very easy to find yourself in a commoditized position in any given market. Even if it's a highly technical or highly specialized market or field, it's still very easy to say, well, what makes you special? And that's a very difficult question for a lot of people to answer. Not that they're not special. It's just that they haven't thought about the best way to to package themselves or to package their information or their content or their expertise or their skill set. And so that's what um, that's what, again, Smart Solutions is all about, about helping someone get clarity on their position in the marketplace. What brand do they want to put out into the marketplace? How do they effectively tell that story? Uh, what media uh, do they use? What vehicles do they use to share that message and that story um, with their prospective clients so that when their prospective clients have a need or desire that is in alignment with what they provide, they think of them first. Sounds like great work. Now, now this, uh, what I'm about to ask may uh, apply to the pandemic and, and sure. kind of the effect of the pandemic, but I'm just curious about the service providers that you work with, the advisors, consultants, coaches, et cetera, you know, mm -hmm. what, what are the primary challenges they face? Oh, it's a, I mean, it's a fantastic question. And certainly, you know, uh, being in the world that we're in at the moment, as we're recording this with the pandemic, um, the challenges are not insignificant. Um, I, I will say that there's probably three main issues that I consistently hear. Uh, and, and this is, these things may have been enhanced and amplified by the pandemic, but they certainly weren't created uh, by the pandemic. Um, the first one, unsurprisingly, and, and me being in the business development field, it may be natural for me to say this, but I suspect that the listeners will will largely agree. The most consistent challenge that that is articulated to me when I have conversations with prospective clients um, uh, that I'm talking to is, you know, Scott, how can I get in front of more quality prospect opportunities. And it's not so much, you know, their challenge usually isn't so much in the sales process, although there are some really cool ways that we can enhance the sales process to make it more likely that someone will do business with you in a meaningful way. Um, but it's really on the prospecting and marketing side. Uh, it's one thing to know who you want to serve, and that's an important part of the equation. 
it's another thing to know how to access uh, those individuals and actually get in front of them to, to use the phrase again. So that's one challenge. Another challenge is uh, this differentiation issue that I mentioned before, you know, moving from a, a dime a dozen type of commodity position to truly, as one of my mentors uh, famously said, you want to compete in a vacuum. <laughs> and I, I love that idea, right? You want to be, uh, you want to deliver a, a level of value and a level of service that is so different and unique and meaningful and valuable that you're the only one that, that can do that. Again, easier said than done to create that position in a marketplace. It's a, that's a pretty heavy lift, but that is the, the, the aspirational goal that we want to achieve. So again, first challenge, how do I get enough, how do I get in front of enough quality prospects? Second challenge, when I'm sending out messages, whether on the marketing side or having conversations with someone, how can I differentiate myself and decommoditize what I'm doing so people understand the unique value that I provide? And the third challenge I think is, is unsurprisingly, it's about, it's about operations. You know, um, so many of the, the individuals or companies that I speak to, um, they may be small to mid-sized businesses. And as any business has, but specifically small to mid-sized, they have limited resources, limited time, limited energy, limited money, of course. And so the question becomes, how can they best allocate those resources to get the results that they want? And time of, of the three, uh, time, effort, money, right? Time is the one that is fleeting and that we can never replace or replenish. And so inarguably, it's the most valuable one. And when I'm talking to a uh, a given consultant or president of a consulting firm, uh, how they can best use their time, how, what is the highest value activity they can do? Because so many of them find themselves doing everything. You know, they're wearing every single hat. They're doing their accounting. They're doing, you know, all, all the things that go with that, right? Invoicing and financial management. They're handling all the operations and the client delivery. You know, they're actually doing the work, but then they've got to be responsible for the prospecting and finding ways to keep the pipeline healthy and testing new ideas and, and everything in between. So for most of the people I talk to, you know, they don't have the, the expertise for one, but they also don't have the capacity too, uh, to be able to complete all those different tasks in a truly efficient, effective way. So a lot of the work that I do really is finding ways to re release um, some of the work that that leader is taking on or that leadership team is taking on. And whether it's my team that's doing it or whether, you know, we we make an introduction or referral, we find ways that they can expand their own internal capacity to be able to to have those meaningful conversations more often, to be able to cultivate sales relationships. And, and of course, most importantly, to give them time, they can actually do the work they want to do as a coach, as a consultant, as a professional service provider. So I think those are the three key challenges that I see most commonly. Having a healthy pipeline, getting in front of enough good prospects, decommoditizing and differentiating yourself successfully, and then making sure that your resources are best allocated, specifically making sure that you're focused on high value activities and that you're automating, you're delegating, and you're outsourcing the things that you really shouldn't be doing otherwise. Folks, we're chatting with Scott Cantrell, and Scott is the founder of Smart Solutions Media. I mean, Scott, you, I mean, we, you laugh about 
uh, we chuckle about you starting your business at the end of 2019, <laughs> right, right before the pandemic. But you you may have started just in time for some of your clients that that uh, this pandemic has really ex, uh, accentuated the need for your services. You know, I was uncertain about that early on, John, at the beginning of 2020. Well, January and February 2020, right? Sky's the limit. We got blue skies. You know, we're all sailing and, you know, toward the sun, sunset. Everybody's happy. Um, And then March comes down like a hammer and and the reality of the impact and the gravity of the situation starts to, uh, you know, kick in. And and just like everybody, I think, on the planet, um, you know, you start to question frankly, you start to question just about everything. You know, what What can I do? What can I not do? What should I do? What should I not do? Is it okay? You know, I had I had so many, and I was having the same question. I had so many clients and, and prospective clients or just colleagues and partners come to me during that time and say, Scott, you know, with everything going on, this was late March into April of 2020. And the question was, is it okay to market? Like, is, is that insensitive to try to sell our stuff? And it, it, you know, it seems... Looking back um, and having a little bit more clarity on that question now and having time to think about it and not being in the midst of the newness of the pandemic, um, you know, you look back at that question and the answer is, of course it is, right? It's, it's, not, it's not insensitive to try to share something that's going to bring value to an individual or business's life. Now, what I always told people and what I still tell people, there is a difference between the content of a marketing and a sales message and the context of a marketing and sales message. So you're, you know, during the, anytime, anytime, but specifically when, when there's a pandemic uh, that is just starting, you do want to be thoughtful about the nature of the messaging that you put out. You do want to be sensitive to what you're saying and how you're saying it. And, and that should be true anytime though, right? We should always be thoughtful about, the nature of the content that we're sharing, and and just as importantly, how it's being shared. And so there's always a time. It's always appropriate to market and sell, quote unquote, the right way. But the key phrase there is the right way. Um, you do have to be thoughtful about how people are perceiving it. Your note about uh, a lot of people needing the types of services that that I provide, or you know, they were looking for that uh, during the pandemic. Uh, I wasn't sure, but but your your hypothesis and your assessment seems to be correct um, in that I had, uh, you know, a flux of new business, uh, not just because I was starting a business, but because people needed the solutions that I was providing then more than ever. And and what I have found is um, and I share this with all of my my clients as well, and I'll share it here because I think it's it's valuable, you know, what people really want. Um, in my expectation, you know, my experience, and specifically, I'm talking about business leaders, B two B people that I serve. Although I'm certain it's true on the consumer consumer side as well. What people are looking for is they're looking for clarity, they're looking for confidence, and they're looking for control, the ability to control their outcome of whatever area they're focused on at that time. So this was a framework that I started using with my own in my own messaging in my own prospecting. Um, and then I shared that with my clients and it, it's, it, there's nothing new there, right? We all understand innately that people want clarity, confidence, and control, but I think articulating it specifically during a time when there was, and still is so much lack of clarity. There's still so much confusion. 
in the marketplace. Um, there is not nearly enough certainty and confidence in the marketplace. Uh, and we feel out of control, right? We feel like we don't have control over things that we would prefer to have control over. And so I think by sharing, you obviously have to be able to back up the promise, right? Sure. So, um, uh, but I think by, by letting my prospects know and helping my clients let their prospects know, listen, what we bring with our service, what we bring with whatever it is we're providing you, our skill, our knowledge, our expertise, our product line, whatever it is, you will have clarity around X, Y, Z. You will have confidence that we will stand by what we say, that we will fulfill our promises, that that this product or service will serve you in the way that we say it will. And because you're utilizing it, you'll be able to reassert or take control over an area or an item or an activity or a process that you didn't have before. And, and I think if you think about creating a marketing message or building a value proposition, um, and this goes for anybody, around those three elements, we bring clarity, we bring you confidence, and we allow you to, to take or reassert control over something, that becomes a pretty compelling value proposition. And that's the message that I started sharing because I realized those are the three things that were missing the most, especially as the pandemic was getting started, right? We, we didn't have any of those things. And, and that that value proposition resonated. And, and fortunately, you know, I've had enough experience and skill doing things wrong, <laughs> uh, learning everything that doesn't work in my, in my career that I have figured out a model and a process that works consistently well uh, for the people that I serve. So I could, I could make those promises confidently. Um, and that resonated with people and we were able to grow the firm quite successfully over the last 18 months. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love that phrase. Uh, I've got, the skill to do things wrong. Uh, I, I'm right there with yes. you on that, pal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, one of the things that it seems to me that that maybe this this group of expertise sellers, we'll call them, um, right. um, get mixed up with is um, you know thinking of marketing as uh, something that uh, relates to hard sales. You're talking about though a, a term. Mm-hmm. that you talked a little bit you, you talked a little bit about but you didn't use the term authority mm-hmm. marketing right yeah let me yeah i think that's a great that's a great um item to kind of dive deep on because you're, you're absolutely right john so many times i will have conversations with people and it doesn't matter if they're prospective client existing client you know colleague partner doesn't matter um and the and the i think as a rule the marketplace's connotation when you talk about marketing or when you talk about sales messages they are thinking about the offer part of it right how much is it going to cost what do i get what are the features you know and that's important that has a place um but when we're talking about prospecting and building a pipeline um it, going back to what i was saying earlier about content and context if you really want to have a successful and a viable and a a pipeline that has longevity that you can tap over and over and over again. It's not, you're not creating a surge using up all that, all that business and then having to create a new surge. You want to keep that pipeline consistent. If you want to do that, then that really comes down to you having a position in the marketplace, um, you know, a share of mind uh, within your prospects brains um, that you are an authority, that you're an expert, that you are a leader in your field of X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. And you want, you can, that, that, that does not happen by accident, 
right? When you look at and, and our world, when you look at successful authors, speakers, other consultants, thought leaders, you know, expert celebrities and so forth, they didn't get that position because they stumbled into it. Uh, they also didn't get that position because they have expertise that is far and away better than someone else. Uh, you know, as a rule. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at a celebrity chef or a celebrity doctor, for instance, they're maybe a fantastic chef, maybe a fantastic doctor, but they're not 10 X better than the chef that we don't know about. And they're not 10 X better than the doctor we don't know about, right? They've just positioned themselves intentionally and strategically to have that position in that marketplace. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to become a celebrity to be successful. So authority marketing is about strategically and intentionally doing the things, and we'll touch on a couple of those in a second, but doing the things that turn you from just another, you know, another coach or another consultant into an authoritative, truly uh, positioned as, as possibly a, a mini celebrity in your, in your space, but truly as an authority in that field. I, I, I teach a concept called the law of market gravity. And this idea is based on, you know, the law of gravity that everything in our world ha that has mass attracts everything else that has mass at some level. And the more massive something is, the more attractive uh, gravitational pull it has. Well, the same thing is, is true with our, our respective spheres of influence. So think about the, the size or the mass of your given sphere of influence within your targeted marketplace. The bigger that sphere of influence is, the more of an attractive pull you're going to have. And, and, and so this idea of sphere of influence is made up of three aspects. It's made up of visibility, credibility, and most importantly, authority. Uh, but you can't get to authority until you get the other two. People have to, you have to be visible. They have to know about you. You have to have their attention in some way. And then credibility is really just all about um, this confidence issue that we talked about before, right? Sure. Making sure that people understand that you can do what you say you can do. You've got to have the cred. You've got to have um, sometimes the certification of the license. Uh, but most importantly, you've got to have the results, right? You've got to be able to show, look what we did for this person or that person or that organization. Uh, that's where credibility comes from. Authority comes from the demonstration of your knowledge and your skill. So John, you know, every interview that, that you conduct and, and I have the privilege of, of being interviewed by you today, this is an opportunity for me to establish my authority in this field just transparently by demonstrating my knowledge and my skill. Sure. And that is what creates authority. So when I work with somebody, the idea is to let the marketing and sales, it's, it's not hard selling or hard marketing at all. It really is about content and it's an educational process. I like to say that the shortest distance between a prospect and a client is education. It's not a hard sell. You might win business short term for the hard sell, but you're not going to win long. You're not going to keep long term clients if you hard sold them and they bought something they really didn't need or want. So it all comes down to education. And that's what authority marketing is. You put out enough content in the right way um, to show to show and demonstrate your knowledge and your skill. If you do that enough in the right media to the right targeted group of people, you put all that together, then in, in relatively short order, you're going to have a perception that you are an authority in that field. And then it's just a matter of maintaining that. As an authority in that field, you start attracting prospects to you. You don't have to chase after them. They come to you. They want to, you know, you're doing a, an interview like this. Mm -hmm. People will reach out to me and say, let's have a conversation. Or I'm doing a professional presentation somewhere. 
people come up to me and say, give me a call on Monday. Right. And so I didn't have to chase after that person. I simply had to put myself out there in the right context as an authority. Um, and people who need and, and want the value that I can provide will have a conversation and take it from there. So Scott, you help folks with their authority and understand, maybe understand what authority is, right? but, but how do you, uh, enhance their authority? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a really great question because so many of the people that I, I start with or that I talk to, we are starting at, I don't want to say zero, but th- oftentimes when I am approached, I am working with a prospect that is just another, mm-hmm. right? That phrase, just another X or just another coach, just another consultant. It doesn't mean they don't have expertise. It doesn't mean they don't have skill. In fact, that's kind of a prerequisite. <laughs> that's part of my interview process when I talk to a prospect is, do you actually know what you're doing? Do you have something of value you can share with the marketplace? Because if you don't, me turning you or me helping you turn into an authority is like the worst thing I could do for you. Mm. It's going to be like the emperor has no clothes. Right. right? Um, and so we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that, that the value is there. Um, that said, I do work with a group of people who already have established a certain level of authority. And they're simply looking to, like you said, enhance or amplify that. And, and that can look like a lot of different things. So um, just a, a recent example of this, I was recently working with, um, happened to be an employee benefit advisor uh, mm-hmm. from the insurance world. And uh, he had established quite a bit of authority in a particular niche in that space, but he wanted to broaden his authority to a slightly different marketplace. And he wanted to do that in a meaningful way to make a big splash. So <clears throat> he had an idea for a book and I helped him, you know, craft the outline for the book. I didn't write the book. <laughs> uh, he wrote the book, but I helped him build the the marketing and the sales structure um, and, uh, and content around that book campaign to put him out into the marketplace in a meaningful way. So, you know, <clears throat> something as simple as a speaking tour, which may sound complex, but it, it's not difficult to, to create opportunities to speak. And that's one of my favorite strategies for anybody who wants to create more authority, uh, or enhance their existing authority is to speak more, write more, um, publish a book, publish your own book, which is easier today than it ever has been. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to overstate how easy it is because you still have to do the work. Um, but it is easier today than ever. And, and frankly, when you're putting yourself out there and you're demonstrating your knowledge and your skill through writing, through speaking, through, you know, publishing, um, those are three, three fantastic ways. There are others, but those are three fantastic ways to really maximize your authority. Again, whether you're starting with very little authority or whether you already have some, the question is, you just want to throw more, how can you throw more fuel on the fire there of, of whatever authority you're starting with? Uh, speaking, uh, writing a book, any other tools, strategies that you'd recommend uh, authority figures think about in terms of enhancing that authority? Uh, yes, absolutely. So we did talk about writing and writing can take a lot of different, um, you know, can look a, like a lot of different things, um, you know, blogging, newsletter writing, um, just article writing and publishing it either online or being a columnist for a trade journal or a magazine, um, a newspaper. Depend Again, it all depends on who you're trying to reach and you need to be thoughtful with the media choice that you have based on your market. Um, you don't want to, um, you know, if you're like we were and we we're targeting employee benefit advisors, writing a column for a newspaper 
you know, trying to get that to happen isn't, you know, that the market doesn't match the media, right? So right. you want to be thoughtful about that. So there's lots of different ways to apply the writing piece. Uh, speaking, lots of different places to speak. And in fact, you know, one of the strategies that I would highly recommend uh, people consider when they're trying to become more authoritative in a market is what we're doing right now, John. Um, whether they host their own podcast mm-hmm. or, or radio show, or they are a guest uh, and they're being interviewed by, you know, great interviewers like you, John, or other folks who are allowing them to have a platform and to share their knowledge and skill to, to truly help e- to help people, but also to create that visibility and that credibility that ultimately leads to authority. So I think, um, you know, online radio, podcasting and the like is a is a huge and very quickly growing opportunity for anybody who's an expert or has a skill set that they want to share. Um, certainly book publishing, we've already talked about. The the other one, the 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 last one that I'll mention here quickly is um, strategic partnerships. So finding ways to directly, and I'm not talking about giving a stack of business cards to a strategic partner and saying, if you know anybody, hand those out. That's better <laughs> than not doing anything. That's, sure. that's better than not doing anything. Sure. Uh, but that's very, very passive, right? You're just kind of hoping and crossing your fingers that something good comes of that. Right. What I'm talking about is formalizing a strategic partnership network, hmm. a group of individuals that have complementary services or solutions to yours, where you can consistently introduce one another into your prospects or your client base. Uh, this has been incredibly productive for me and my clients who are utilizing this strategy. If you think about it, um, you know, uh, one of my good friends always talked about how word of mouth marketing and referral marketing was the best kind of marketing that money cannot buy. And I love that because it's it's so true. But when you think about being introduced, if you're being introduced to a potential prospect by someone that that prospect trusts, knows, likes, and trusts, your authority is already elevated, regardless of whether you've written a book or whether you speak a lot or whether you're on a lot of podcast interviews. So one way to shortcut this idea of authority is to establish a strategic partnership network of individuals that, again, have complementary, not competing, uh, but complementary services to what you provide, and then formalizing that in such a way so that, you know, twice a month or once a month, you're engaging with each of them and saying, listen, I've got a couple of people I need to introduce you to. And then the idea is, of course, for them to reciprocate. Um, That can be an incredibly lucrative. And honestly, because of how easy it is to identify those those networking partners can be an incredibly lucrative and effective strategy as well. Okay, Scott, I can I can just sense there's some consultants, coaches out there listening to this and they're thinking, oh, my God. Gosh, I mean, Scott's given me quite a list of things I've got to do here. I've got to, <laughs> right, I've, got, fair, I've yeah. got to write a book. I've got to do a podcast. I've got to write blog articles. So, how, how do you, how do you walk your clients through maybe prioritizing which of those strategies makes the most sense and where they need to focus their time? No, that's a that's a really great question. It is super easy to get overwhelmed by this this topic, even for me, right? Even as I'm looking at my own business and what I need to do next, you know, I've got a, a laundry list of dozens of things that I could slash should be doing. And, and, and to use the old cliche, but, but I'm using it because I think it, 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 it is, it is true here. You know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And the question that you asked is the right question. Um, it is a question of priority. 
You know, I like to say when I'm when I'm conducting one of the first things I do with virtually every new client is I put them through an accelerated authority a blueprint process that I have. It's about a 30 day process. And at the idea is for me to give them a roadmap of basically answering the question for them. Scott, if you were in my position and had my assets and my resources and you and you had the market I wanted to go after and you wanted to hit the goals that we've already talked about, what would you do? What would your roadmap look like? That's what the blueprint is. That's what, and so we have those conversations and I craft the blueprint for them. And then they can either take that, use it on their own, or I can help them or whatever. But the, one of the notes that I put in virtually every blueprint, because there's a lot in the blueprint, right? One of the notes I put in every blueprint is don't worry about trying to get all this done overnight. Mm-hmm. The goal is to get it done over time, mm-hmm. right? And so within that blueprint, I always create a timeline for my clients. What I will say is, if we think another quick framework to help people really prioritize and get clarity on where they need to go next. If you think about a successful business development uh, model or system or structure or campaign, it's made up of three core elements. The first one is market. Who, who do you want to serve? Who can you best serve? Who is the most likely to get the most value out of the work that you do? And a lot of people think they know the answer to that. A lot of people do know the answer to that, but still a very healthy uh, portion don't have clarity on that for a long time. Um, in, in our early in our, in that first business I was talking about, we didn't have clarity on that. It took us a while to land on who, who we could best serve. Um, so that's a question you should consistently be asking who, who am I best going to serve? Who's going to get the most value? That's question one. That's priority one. Cause if you can't answer that question, the others don't really matter. The second question is a messaging question. Again, this goes back to content and context. What do I need to say to my audience? Um, and how do I need to say it to my audience to get them to move toward me, to get them to want to take the next step into my world? And so the, 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 there's three aspects of this, right? We talked about clarity, confidence, and control being the makeup of a good value proposition. So that's part of it. But the other thing is we want to put content out into the marketplace in a way so that people will know and believe, right? Know and believe that um, we are who we say we are, that we can do what we say we can do, and that what we will do can work for them. Mm-hmm. And so one of the best ways to do that is by featuring, um, you know, featuring successes, talking about work that you've done in the past. Um, also talking about your process, showing people, not, not giving away the secret sauce, uh, but showing people that you do have a structure, that you're not just looking into uh, the results that you're creating, that there is a, a method to your madness, so to speak. So that's a core part of the messaging. The third level priority item is the one where most people start. Mm. And that is this media question. It's the strategy question. It's the sexy question, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Am I going to do podcasting? Am I going to be on LinkedIn? Am I going to do an email campaign? Am I going to uh, do surveys and hire people to call out, you know, call other people? Am I going to do, you know, what, what media choice am I going to direct mail? Who knows? Um, what media choice am I going to share my message through? And, um, that is the third question (laughs) because until we've answered the market question, the who question and the what question, the message question, the, the how question isn't, isn't important yet. Sure. Um, we've got to know what the message is, who we're going to give it to. Then, then that will dictate what media choice we use, whether it's a book or speaking or LinkedIn or podcasting or whatever. Um, and so that media question is really, really important. But again, it's it's third in that list of priorities. So if I was giving someone um, 
uh, crash course in authority marketing, what they should do first, second, third. Make sure you have crystal clarity on who you want to serve. Make sure you have crystal clarity on what value you're bringing to them and how to best communicate that to them. And then thirdly, make sure that you are identifying media choices that aren't just the latest, greatest, but that are ones that are really going to access, that you're really going to be able to access your market through. Makes perfect sense. So Scott, I would love it if you could share uh, a success story. You don't have to use names, of course, but sure. uh, but uh, if you someone whose uh, business has had a a nice transformation because of your work, yeah, no, this is a uh, you know it's a loaded question. There are a lot of a lot of clients that I've worked with that have had a lot of success. And, and look, here's the reality: while I will gladly take credit for whatever contribution I made to their success, at the end of the day, they are the ones running their business and and they're the ones responsible for for their own transformation. I can you know, again, another cliche, I can lead the horse to water, right? Sure. Uh, I can show them how good it is, but it's up to them to take the drink and to commit to the process. So um, giving giving those clients that, that I'll talk about, you know, the the, the due credit that they, that they deserve. I, I'm re- one, one in particular um, fun case study or success story was from a, um, uh, a few years ago, I was working with an advisor consultant and they were struggling around this idea of prospecting and business development. And, and part of it was an authority issue. They, they were just another advisor in the scheme of advisors. And so um, fortunately, they did have a very, a very targeted market. They knew exactly who they wanted to be in front of. They wanted to be in front of county governments. Mm-hmm. They wanted to serve county commission com- commissions and county governments. That was their target. And so um Working with them, uh, they did the the all much much of the heavy lifting. Um, but working with them, we created an advisory council of sorts um, that was made up of decision makers from county governments all across their state, and they basically did a tour around their state, a different you know five different regions I think of their state, and they brought the county leaders together for these educational sessions, these advisory council sessions, where they were teaching. As an authority, they were giving great content and they were teaching what these county decision makers needed to know related to the work they were doing in their field. And um, the, the really the coolest part of the strategy, which other people could adapt and adopt on their own, is in each of the regions, they had an anchor county decision maker, county commissioner mm. um, or county mayor, depending. And that that county person, that county leader was the one that was inviting all the other leaders. And so my client simply came in as the authority, as the facilitator, as the one delivering the value, even though they were the one underwriting the thing and they were the one that created the opportunity. It was the decision maker that was pulling all the other decision makers together for the session. And that gave tremendous credibility to the session itself Um, from that from that effort. And then one just one tactic that I shared with them um, that they utilized in their speaking presentations in eight months, they added $300,000 in profit to their bottom line just from that that one strategy. Um, it, that actually doesn't even take into account the work they did on the advisory council. I was explaining that model, but the one strategy generated $300,000 in eight months. And then during that eight months is when they started doing the advisory council piece, which was additive on top of that. So that was an especially fulfilling uh, result for that client. Um, another quick story, just a, a more recent one. I'm working with a tech firm who has a fantastic 
um, value proposition and uh, and is changing how they are marketing because they're changing their market. And so recently I just finished um, developing a, a large number of different automated marketing campaigns for them. And um, a quick note on that, just just real quick and not to take too much time on this, but yeah. people, when, I, when I talk about automated marketing, uh, John, a lot of people, you know, they they reel from that. They're resistant, hesitant to, to do automation of their own marketing messaging. And I understand why, because they want it to be personal and they want it to be authentic and they feel like the automation part of it takes that away. I was just having a conversation, uh, did an interview with a business colleague of mine who is in the marketing automation space. And out of that conversation came the statement that automation and authenticity are are not the same thing. And you can still be authentic in an automated fashion. Automation is about speed and efficiency. It's not about being impersonal or being inauthentic. So for those of you out there who are like, I'd love to automate some of my marketing, but I want to make sure I stay personal, authentic. That becomes the con that becomes an uh, a function of the content and context, not a function of the tool. Sure. Right? Yeah. The tools with automation. Uh, so at any rate, automated marketing campaign for this firm um, that they've started implementing and they're already seeing, you know, a lot of traction in terms of new appointment opportunities that they weren't having before in, in effectively a brand new market that, that they weren't in before. But because the nature of the messaging and establishing the authority and truly cultivating uh, the lead as opposed to hard selling the lead, um, we've been able to see quite a bit of success, even in a relatively short stint of time. Terrific work from Scott Cantrell, who is uh, the founder of Smart Solutions Media. Uh, Scott, this has been great. And I can't imagine that there aren't some folks that listening to this interview uh, want to get on the phone with you and, and uh, maybe engage you in some way to uh, learn more about what you're doing and how you can be helpful to them. So let's aim them in the right direction. How can they be in touch with you? Yeah, well, thank you for asking, John. And, and yes, uh, at the end of the day, I want to be a resource and provide as much value as I can, whether I have the opportunity to work formally with an individual or not. I'm happy to to give as much insight as I can. Um, people can find me uh, at www.smartsolutionsmedia.com. That's my site. Um, specifically on that website, you'll see a button or a link to a two-minute scorecard. This is my accelerated growth scorecard process. And if they click that button, Literally, it'll take them two minutes to complete the scorecard. They complete the scorecard. My team notifies me about it and we get a call scheduled. This is all complimentary. There's no cost, no price to this. Um, I've had people say you should really be charging for this. Maybe I should. I don't know. Uh, but but it's a way for me to engage people and mm -hmm. have meaningful conversations. So if someone wants to complete the scorecard, we'll get 30 minutes on the calendar. I'm happy to give them uh, free, you know, free advice, help however I can. The last way, if people want to email me directly with any questions, scott at smartsolutionsmedia.com is the best way to reach me. Scott Cantrell, folks, Smart Solutions Media. Scott, wow, uh, great work. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate the invite, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder that uh, Nashville Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. We would love it if you would subscribe to the show, support the show in that way, and uh, so you can uh, continue to, to uh, be alerted when we release new shows. And uh, if your podcast app has a way for you to be able to uh, leave us a review, please do so. Um, we're asking for five stars. Now, that's uh, a, a little uh, 
crazy and, and bold, maybe some might think, but it's not about me. It's not about Business Radio X. It's about our great guests, guests like Scott, who do great work. And uh, we want their work to be found, and you supporting the show in that way uh, helps assist in that process. So if you could do that for us, we'd appreciate it as well. So for my guest, Scott Cantrell, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Nashville Business Radio.